Live on the Saint Sports Network, it's Burke's Catholic Boys BCI AA Playoff Basketball. Brought to you by Meg's Quilted Memories. On the web at MegsQuiltedMemories.com and the Reading Royals at RoyalsHockey.com. Now to the broadcast booth, here are your announcers, Ryan Lineweaver and Mike Boyer. Well, look at you with the no intro, Jerry. Not doing it on the fly, actually prepared ahead of time. You Next know, one of us. I, I am a preparation monster. <laughs> oh, gosh. Hey, Mike, in case you haven't noticed, small schools matter. I, I just read that on a T-shirt somewhere, and uh, they're being sold for $25.99 out in the hallway. <laughs> <clears throat> they might be sold by, you know, $25.99 at Antietam High School. I'm sure they're big sellers over there. Not that Berks Catholic isn't a small school in their own right either. That, that was one of the things I thought was interesting. For those who don't know, we can't see, uh, Antietam is coming out for a warm-ups with white T-shirts on that say, small schools matter. Obviously, a political statement here in today's age on the seating situation coming into tonight's playoffs here for the BCIAA. Yeah, so we kind of refused to talk about it the other night uh, during the girls' game, but now we have full opportunity to uh, talk about all the uh, shenanigans that go on behind closed doors that nobody necessarily really knows about until they get brought to light. And one of those things are coaches' challenges. Uh, you know, obviously, they start off with everybody being seated according to their District 3 power ranking. It's very indiscriminate. You know, it takes a look at who you've played, what their win-loss records are, amongst other things. And then they seed you accordingly, but... You know, BCIAA has an interesting little wrinkle here, and that's coaches below you can actually challenge your seeding. So the mounts drop all the way from the number four seed. Yeah, and, and it's not unheard of that other sports do challenges. I completely understand that. I don't argue with the system. There is no perfect system. We all know that. It's very difficult to find a system that everyone agrees with. And it was pretty clear cut, hey, we will take the top, power-ranked District 3 schools, put them in the playoffs. No more than four schools out of one division, one section, which is why Governor Mifflin was left out. And um, <clears throat> as you said, uh, Ryan, they, they bumped the mounts from the four seed to the five seed to the seven seed, and that's why they're here today taking on the Saints. Yeah, so the Saints coming in as the number two seed, number one Redding, obviously. Uh, but taking a look at how everything is shaken out, I mean, if you're Burke's Catholic, you're in a really good spot here, and it seems to be maybe not necessarily quite a clear path uh, straight to Friday night, but about as clear as it would get. But it's not an easy task here. Antietam 21 and or 19 and three coming in, and 10 and two in Burke's four. Their lone losses in Burke's play coming against Burke's three opponents. You know, so they wiped the floor with Burke's four. Did extraordinarily well for themselves. And what do they have to show for it? Well, it's not a home game in front of their own fans in Mount Penn. It's coming here to Burke's Catholic. Right, and certainly nobody wants to take on the one or the two seed. I get that completely. And I understand their frustration with it. Those two losses you talk about were to both Burke's County playoff teams, though, being, I believe, the uh, fifth-seeded Fleetwood Tigers and then the eighth-seeded Lyman Spartans. So, again, not that they lost the two teams that were really bad. They lost the two teams above them in a section, school size-wise. But school, small schools matter is an interesting thing because I've never considered BC, whether it was Holy Name, Central Catholic, or Berks Catholic, a big school. 
No, certainly not. Thankfully for Antietam, they get to roll right into the uh, Class 2A uh, District 3 Boys Basketball Championships. They get to play next Friday night, regardless of what happens, as the number one seed, and they get to have that home date. Uh, so they will take on either Upper Dolphin or Greenwood, depending who wins that game on Tuesday evening. But again, Friday, uh, they get to host a home game, and then they could be looking at a Saturday matchup uh, against very likely a Delone Catholic team. Now, you may have Lancaster Mennonite shake out of there. Uh, Antietam has lost to Lancaster Mennonite earlier in the season. Uh, Berks Catholic beat Lancaster Mennonite, just if you want that reference. But uh, certainly, Lancaster Mennonite, Delone Catholic, regardless, uh, they could be waiting for them on Saturday, March 5th. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Antietam won seed, as you said. Uh, they will get their home game. Uh, potentially, that move themselves onto the Giants Center the week after, taking on the winner of that four or five game. But but tonight, I mean, they certainly have to have their hands full coming into this game. Um, neither team has great size with the athleticism, but we've seen Tyler Gibbons take off the other night. Uh, showed us he could shoot a jump shot from about 17, 18, 20 feet. Um, you know, we'll see some good matchups here, but, you know, BC certainly has athleticism, take themselves all the way to the final. It would be the 18th final in Snip Eshley's career at Berks Catholic, Central and Berks Catholic, uh, be his 18th final in the BCIAA. Just absolutely incredible looking at what he's been able to do as head coach. But turning back to Antietam, they really are a two-headed monster as Hector Tiburcio averaging 16.2 points per game and then Josh McCoy averaging uh, right on his heels at 15.9. They're the only two in double figures, but really a two-headed monster for the mounts. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about Tiburcio and then McCoy. Uh, McCoy's a swing guy, plays the forward, the guard position. Terrific athlete, great athleticism, runs extremely well, runs the court well, good vision, good athleticism. And then you talk about, you know, what they do from the three-point arc. Not the same thing as even BC. BC certainly has much greater numbers, but those are the two major outside threats as well. Uh, you talk about those two guys in Hector and Josh. Uh, interesting enough, though, Josh McCoy, you know, they've got Joven Hollis over here. We got to see all football season who played for Exeter. Josh McCoy's little brother, and I, I don't want to thunder, was the best youth football player I ever saw in my life. <laughs> was absolutely, he doesn't play anymore. He only focused on basketball. And I, I keep saying, man, get that kid back out for football. He was the best running back I have ever seen at a might midget level in my entire life. That's the kind of deep cuts that you're only going to get here on the Saints Sports Network. That's for darn sure. Mike is an amazing wealth of knowledge. He really is. I mean, he doesn't know about anybody's aunt's uncle's garden, but... Hey, I do know it's JJ's birthday today. So, you know, Josiah Jordan having his big birthday here. He's 17 today. So I do have that insider information, if you will, but... Uh, I'm pretty sure we'll hear a happy birthday somewhere during the telecast from the BC student section today. Taking a look at how Antietam matches up here. They're outscoring their opponents by almost 17 points a game. 78 three-pointers, not shooting it very well from the charity stripe, only 60%. Uh, but like I said, two-headed monster there. Uh, you have Hollis, who averages 8.5 points per game. You have Alejandro Montero uh, at 6.7. Uh, you have Noah Archibald at 6. Uh, Carson Lubis at 3.9, and then you start getting into uh, maybe players that we won't necessarily see tonight with 
uh, what should be expected to be a very short bench for the Mounts. And it's been a short bench all year for them. They play no more than six, seven guys. Uh, as you said, it's um, a team that has outscored their opponents in, in great numbers. The guys who get in late in the game are just getting mop-up minutes. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see what BC does to, to stop the two big guns on the outside. But with Sands and um, <clears throat> with Cuck, their outside athleticism, their ability to cover and run, uh, I don't see it being a big problem tonight for the Saints. And taking a look how Antietam got to this point. They are on a five-game winning streak. Uh, they beat up on Brandywine Heights by a dozen, Hamburg by 30, Ole Valley by six, Mount Calvary by 14, and then Tulpahawken by 17. Again, the lone blemishes in Burke's play coming at Fleetwood against the Tigers, a 13-point loss there, and then against Wyoming missing at home, an eight-point loss to the Spartans. But before that, uh, they had rattled off uh, all but one game, and that was their fourth game at Lancaster Mennonite. They lost by nine. Uh, but other than that, it's been straight shooting here for Antietam coming into tonight's match. Yeah, you mentioned Mount Calvary Christian. They're 21-1 on the season. I know it's a single-A school, but at the same time, they've only had one loss, and it was to Antietam. So, again, Antietam can play, you know, with very good teams. I'm just not sure they're going to have seen the length and the athleticism they're going to get here tonight at Lloyd Wolf Gymnasium. And, of course, you have Burks Catholic who comes in at 18-3, 9-3 in league play, two of their losses, coming to arguably one of the best teams in the, in the entire state in Reading High. Uh, you know, Mike was here for that game. You know, we saw the, the sheer differential in athleticism and the difference between a 4A school that's really good and a 6A school that's kind of off the charts. Uh, but you're not going to see that here tonight uh, against Antietam by any stretch of the imagination. But a three-game winning streak for Burks Catholic. They beat Exeter by 20. They beat Wilson by 13. Then they went on the road and beat Holy Ghost Prep by 24. Again, the lone blemish, uh, you know, since very early January is coming against Reading High, a 17-point loss uh, here on their home court. Yeah, you know, you talk about that game. We talk about the athleticism and, and the way that Reading plays defense and hustles, things like that. But that game was not out of question early on. That was a game into the third quarter or early fourth quarter, and BC was right there. They just need to make a few more plays. And again, they got beat a little bit in the, in the trap game, couldn't get the ball through half court. Uh, JJ was a little bit of foul trouble that day as well. And so, uh, again, you know, BC has the ability to score with anyone in the county. That they do. Doing so by an average of just over 10 points per game. More than double the amount of three-pointers that Antietam has made. Almost double the amount, I should say. 148 of them. That's because you really do have three. And if you really want to stretch it, this last portion of the season since York Catholic, four players who can hit the three, as J.J. Jordan has been able to uh, stretch his uh, defender out beyond the arc. Uh, certainly something that he wasn't able to do early on in the season, but since, uh, like I said, that York Catholic game, he went in there uh, with, what was it, four, five, three, five three-pointers uh, going into that game, and he left hitting three within basically a three-minute span in the third quarter. Uh, so, again, you have Ryan Cook, you have Aiden Sands, uh, you have Jack Miller, and now you have J.J. Jordan who can stroke the three a little bit. And as we saw, no slouch of his own. Uh, Tyler Givens can also hit it from the outside to try to stretch his defender out of the paint as well. Well, and I think that's the one thing Berks Catholic has to start to do. 
you know, a lot of people, they, they sagged that defender on Tyler Gibbons. They put him in the lane as an extra help defender. And, and you know, Tyler stepped out to about 15, 17 feet and started hitting jump shots and then stepped behind the line and stuck it again. So that was good to see for BC as far as Tyler expanding his range out away from the basket and pulling that defender out too. Because we know what's going to happen when JJ gets the ball. You know, he's going to attack the basket. And if there's a guy standing right there, as Wilson did, you're not going to be able to get past that guy. Exeter tried it. We saw that the other week. But then Gibbons came out and hurt Exeter by just hitting the jump shot. And just doing some quick math here. I should really prep before games sometimes. <laughs> Eight three-pointers in the last six games for J.J. Jordan. Five uh, in the previous uh, part of the season before that. So, like I said, really being able to stretch a lot of it. The offensive and defensive catalyst being J.J. Jordan. You see a completely different team when he's in the game versus when he has to escape because he is so aggressive. He's aggressive on the offensive end. He's aggressive on the defensive end. Sometimes it gets him in foul trouble, uh, as it did against Redding uh, and a handful of times before that where he had to take an early seat on the bench. Maybe getting his hands caught in the cookie jar a little bit, maybe a little careless on the offensive end, bowling over defenders. But that's J.J. Jordan's game, and you're not going to change him. Right. Well, I know that's one thing Coach Ashley wants to do. He wants to kind of slow him down for those reckless attacks to the basket. You know, the other day they sat him for a little bit uh, just to let him know, hey, we've talked about this. We don't want to see you just going one on three to the hole here, spinning and firing up. We've got guys who can shoot, and, and again, when he does penetrate, he opens up those passing lanes back out to the outside. He's got Sands, he's got Cuck, and of course he has Jack Miller hit the ball too, who can all stroke the three or the outside jump shot. Yeah, Miller good for at least one or two spot-up threes a game as he has 32 three-pointers on the year. Aiden Sands with 33. Burks Catholic with, like I said, realistically four players who constructed from the outside three players hitting double figures including jj jordan ryan coke is at 14.2 as well leads the team with 48 three-pointers and really maybe the best pure three-point shooter that we see here in burks as you know quite often we see a defender right in his face and he just rises up uh, with a hand in his face defender right on him hitting three-pointers from beyond the arc maybe like i said the best pure three-point shooter uh, that Burks has this year. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing that we've seen for all the guys here is, is those averages have gone up from the three-point arc. The free throw percentage is going up a little bit here the last few weeks as well. Um, and we talked about the one big thing we want to see out of both Ryan and out of uh, Aiden is consistency through fourth quarter. We just can't score one quarter and take next quarter off, score the next quarter and not score again. There's got to be consistent scoring throughout the four quarters. And when we have that, I mean, they are as good as anyone in the county, including Redding, um, if they can get back and play defense on, on the transition game. So the other game's going on tonight, roughly at the same time. Uh, Redding playing at the Geigel Complex against the Spartans of Y missing. Uh, the number one versus number eight seeds there. Muhlenberg will host Fleetwood. And if Muhlenberg can get past the Tigers and Redding gets past the Spartans, that's going to be one heck of a quarterfinal. Uh, between the Mules and the Red Knights. Well, you also talk about the, the pathway to the finals of the BCIAA. And for Burks Catholic, you look at those two teams that you think, okay, who do I not want to see early rounds? Well, obviously, it's Redding and Muhlenberg. Well, you're not going to see them to the finals. And one of them's going to knock the other one out. And so that really is a good road for the Saints to travel here uh, if they get through tonight and, of course, get through 
um, Wednesdays against the winner of the Exeter-Wilson game. Yep, so Exeter-Wilson taking place in West Lawn. Seven o'clock start time for that one, so we'll make sure Jerry has the uh, Twitter machine pulled up. We'll try to give you updates for all of those games as they come along, but regardless, with a win, uh, whoever comes out of this one will be playing on Wednesday night at the Santander Arena. Still to be announced as to what time that will actually occur. But we do know the championship will be Friday night, 8 o'clock at Santander. Uh, what should be a very exciting game uh, for all of Berks County to, uh, to witness. Usually it gets a packed crowd in the city of Reading. I'll lay you money right now. It's on an 8 o'clock tip. Okay. I'm just going to say. Plus or minus on time. I'm going to take the over. 8 so. o'clock tip is at least what it's scheduled to be. We'll see what it ends up being. But that one's scheduled for Friday night. Uh, but it all starts with a win here for Berks Catholic. And like I said, same thing with Antietam. Same thing with Berks Catholic. They get to go into the District 3 uh, Class 4A Boys Basketball Championships as the number one seed. They will play either Elko or Y missing. Now Jerry wants to get his business cards out of the way. It's fine, Jerry. It's not like we have a show going on. Uh, we'll, we'll keep going just for you, though. But Elko 13-9 playing the Spartans at 12-9. That one on Monday evening at Elko. Uh, but Burks Catholic will play the winner of that game. For me, that would be wonderful to be able to call my alma mater here at Burks Catholic. I do have a rooting interest in that game, and it's certainly for the Elko Raiders. Sorry to any Burks, you know, aficionados that I may be offending, but... You know, my money's on the Raiders. That's They won their first section title in darn near 20 years, so that is uh, super exciting for them. Uh, without Braden Bohannon, who graduated last year, they're all state, uh, basically all-purpose football player. Ended up at Lebanon Valley. But they've done, yeah, they've done very well with Corey Ativo, uh, who stands uh, roughly 6'5", six 6'6". Foot uh, an interior presence that you don't normally see, uh, you know, in the league anymore, but he is certainly one of them. So he'll cause some fits for why missing, but Berks Catholic will face off against either one of those teams on Thursday evening. And again, a fairly open uh, ability to get to quite possibly a rematch against Trinity in the final as they will play Thursday against, like I said, Elko or Wyo. Uh, they will have Littlestown or Eastern York awaiting them on Monday if they get through. That would be a home game here as well. And then they would play Thursday, March 3rd at the Giants Center uh, against, you know, what could very likely be Middletown, could possibly be Trinity. Uh, Middletown's 18-3, Trinity 16-4, the 2-3 and three seeds. Uh, but that one's scheduled, like I said, 4-15. A, uh, I guess that would still fall under the matinee performance. I don't uh, think they'll be discounting the price, though, for the matinee. I don't so. think so. They, but, well, it is $6 tickets all the way through, and then the championship's 10 So, yeah, they definitely did not discount the price at all. But taking a look at who Antietam has coming out onto the court as they come out in their road orange jerseys with the blue numbers and trim. They're going to have Alejandro Montero 
a 6-1 senior coming out. 5-6 junior, number one, Carson Lubas. Then you have 6-2 sophomore, Josh McCoy. A six-foot junior, Jovan Hollis. And then you're going to have 6-2 senior, number 32, Hector Tiburcio. Rounding out the starting lineup for the Mounts. I feel bad for Joven Hollis. He was six foot four in the fall. He's now down to six foot. And uh, <laughs> it's a chronic issue happening all across the country to young men. But uh, in, in the Exeter football program, Joven Hollis goes, I believe, six foot four, 215 pounds. Uh, looking at him, he would not be that soaking wet. So. Then you have. Sorry, go ahead, Is he Jerry. a senior? No, he's a junior. Okay, so he'll be back at Exeter next year. So yeah, and he'll be back, back at Antietam playing basketball next year, too, yeah. He'll go back to 6'4". He'll go back to 6'4". He'll gain it in the fall. It's the Christmas break that kind of throws it all apart. Then, of course, Burke's Catholic rolling with Aiden Sands, Ryan Koch, J.J. Jordan, Jack Miller, and Tyler Givens. So we will take a quick break here for the invocation and national anthem, and when we return, boys basketball action here on the Saints Sports Network. Let us bow our heads and pray for God's blessing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, send forth your grace upon all gathered for this game. Bless these players, coaches, and officials. Give them your guidance and protection, and allow your spirit to reign in their hearts. And gracious Lord, when the game of life is over, may they win the most important victory, eternal life with you. Amen. Now, with pride and respect, gentlemen, please remove your hats for the playing of our national anthem. Play ball, eight minutes up on the clock. That pregame brought to you by Popeyes, where a large meal is only $8.50, apple pie included. Just trying to get a rise out of Jerry, that's all. Didn't know we picked them up already as a sponsor, so. <laughs> Hollis and Coke getting ready to take the jump. I'm telling you, though, those apple pies. They're like cinnamon sugar encrusted. I've never eaten at a Popeye's my, my gosh. entire life. 8.50, all the food you could possibly need for a family of five. I'm just kidding. We, we'll show some love to Penn State Health St. Joseph. 
as Koch wins the tip. J.J. Jordan corrals it. What else we have? Meg's quilted memories. We didn't take any kind of break during that pregame, so I'm just trying to we'll focus on the game. Three put up by Koch, too strong. Tiburcio the board. Antietam. Working on the left side. Little ball screen, now a dribble drive from Montero. He's stopped by Miller. Now driving into the left up against Gibbons. That one also too strong. It was off the backboard then front iron. Back comes Burke Catholic, Burke's Catholic, J.J. Jordan, trying to keep his dribble alive and does so over the end line, turning it over for the Saints. Yeah, nice job by Coy there, cutting off baseline, forcing him out, out of bounds, stepped on the end line. Yeah, Jordan trying to turn the corner there, unable to do so. Ends up dribbling it right on the end line. Now Jordan, again, being aggressive on the defensive end, strips Hollis. Little teardrop floater in the lane, no good. Follow-up also off the mark. And Tatum back the other way. We'll swing it to Bercio. Pump fake, step back. No good. Coke skying for the rebound. Both teams coming out a little cold here uh, with the tip. Heck of a move there by Tiburcio. I mean, nice little step back. Had tons of separation. Something Sixers fans will now see every night in coming weeks. Jordan driving left, stopped in the lane. Out to Coke, left corner three. That one short. Gibbons, the offensive board. Out to Miller. Miller chucks one up. Jack Miller, the first points of the game for either side. Hits it from beyond. It's 3-0 Saints. Yeah, nice job there seeing Jack open to the, on the elbow. Got the open look. He hit the shot. Lubas. Now into the corner for the mounts. We'll dribble in against Givens. Pull it back out. Once again, another ball screen right at the charity stripe. Driving in Montero. Nice body control, unable to finish, grabs it. Or sorry, Tiburcio grabs it. And unable to stay inbounds. And it will belong to BC. Can I say nice body control because last time they went down there, like I said, nice little step back, creating space. Not something that we've uh, seen all that often here in Burke's play. No, very athletic, and I think his team's athletic all the way around. Sands putting it up. It goes up over the score, up over the uh, backboard, should say. It hits the rope. Dead ball rebound in the statistical world. I'll work it over. Montero now down low to McCoy. Little turnaround jumper in the lane by Hollis, no good. Hollis grabs his own board. Oh. Ooh. Absolutely stunned Montero cutting through the lane, did Tiburcio. Now he's gonna drive in, bump from behind by Sands, still able to get in the lane, lays it up and in. It's 3-2 now in favor of the Saints. Coke called for the travel down on the low block. Yeah, he hustled down the court, got himself open, 
They got the ball to him a little late than he wanted. They got himself stuck with the basket. Got himself up in the air and didn't know what to do with it and threw it out of bounds, but they got him for the travel anyhow. It's a pretty uh, low scoring here in the first three and a half minutes. 3-2 Saints on top. Low scoring, kind of an understatement. Dribbling in, Montero spinning against Miller. Gets stripped, it goes out of bounds. It's off of Jack and stays with the mounts. So kind of a nondescript start for both sides here. So they get it inside to Montero. Now out to Lubis. Lubis kicks it. McCoy dribbling in, swatted away by Givens. Coke grabs the board. He'll bring it up himself. Another nice job of Tyler Givens getting his hands up on the shooter, gets a block. He gets more blocks than most people realize in the game. Sands a little scoop shot on the right side, doesn't fall. Wow. And on this end, Darnier tips it right into uh, what I believe is WFMZ over there. I believe it is, yes. Stays with Antietam. A block shot is not a turnover, Jerry. It's just a missed field goal and a rebound for whoever corrals the miss. All you had to do was ask. Literally my wheelhouse. Little ball screen up top, three-pointer launched by McCoy, no good. Jordan coming the other way, lays it in. J.J. Jordan going coast to coast with it. 5-2 in favor of the Saints. Sands stripped to Bercio. Ended up in the hands of Lubis anyway. Bercio made that step back three there for a moment and put second and said no. Three by Tiburcio, rattles in. All five points by Tiburcio, and we're all knotted up at five here with just over three to play in the first. Jordan using the screen from Coke, nowhere to go with it. Coke thinking three, ends up passing it up to Miller. Jordan staring down McCoy. Trying to break him down, dribbles in, stopped. Ends up giving it up to Givens, and Givens fouled. Trying to drive baseline. Tiburcio will be called for his first team's first. With McCoy's length, he's going to give JJ a little bit of trouble here driving the basket. That is a, that's a tall, lanky boy right there. Without wingspan out, JJ's got nowhere to go. He's running off twice now, trying to come down the lane. Well-designed play there for Ryan Koch. Setting the screen and in left corner three is downed. It's now 8-5 in favor of BC. Bercio has Givens flash on him. Nice vision to dump it down low to Hollis, but Hollis feeling rejected. I believe Sands got a piece of it. Now Jordan, a little stutter step into the lane, lays it in. Jordan is second bucket for four, and the lead is now doubled. It's 10-5. And Tatum not getting back in defense there. They were outnumbered coming down the lane. Jordan getting past one defender and having an easy task. Nobody in earshot of him. That one stolen away. Sands, big step in the lane. The floater's good. 7-0 run for Burks Catholic. 
Has him up 12 to five with a buck 46 left here in the first. We'll take a quick break and be right back. You're listening to the Saints Sports Network. Don't throw away your favorite t-shirts just because you don't have room to store them. Make them into a memory quilt. Meg's Quilted Memories turns your old t-shirts into a quilt, one that you can cherish for a lifetime or give as a gift. These high-quality, fully customized t-shirt quilts are made right here in Reading. They're perfect to give or get for any occasion, including your favorite 2022 graduate. Meg's Quilted Memories, stitching together your life story. Visit them at MegsQuiltedMemories.com. Now let's get back to the game on the Saints Sports Network. Under two minutes to play here in the first. Saints on a 7-0 run, using their last three possessions to steer clear. A three launch by Tiburcio, no good. Putback attempt by Montero. He's fouled going back up, and to the stripe he goes. That was an important series right there for Antietam just to stay in this game early. You know, giving up a seven-point run. We say Montero goes to the line here for two on Jack Miller's first foul of the game. Miller called for the personal. The first one is up and good. Just one foul for either side here in the early going. Second on the way by Montero. A 63.3% shooter, hits both. Trims the lead to five with 120 left here in the first. Jordan walking up past the St. Bernard. Again, McCoy. Taking him around. Coke, right corner three, no good, but fouled after the fact. And they're going to say it's on the floor, not in the act of shooting. So it's going to be a side out here for Burks Catholic. I think Coke thinks that he's shooting three. Everybody thinks he's shooting three. Snip Esterly wondering how that wasn't a shooting foul. I don't think that it was on his way down necessarily. I think it took place maybe after the fact. I, my eyes were already going towards the rim as Jordan's floater rolls out. You know, the official Jimmy Murray made the call. He's on the other side of the court. The official on this side just got lambasted by the Saints fans on this side of the court. And a tough bucket by Tiburcio as he fights through two defenders, lays it in, and is going to the stripe for one more. So just like that, a 4-0 run. Could be 5 that would match Burke's Catholics 7-0. So there it is, 5-0. It's now 12-10. So a big time out taken there by Antietam as they have righted the ship here at least to end the first. Yeah, absolutely. That timeout was certainly a change of quarter around here. Five-point run after a seven-point run against you. Will BC hold for the last shot here? Let's see if they do. 31 seconds left on the clock here in the first quarter. Looks like they're in no hurry to score. Yeah, I've seen this before. Antietam coming out in a 2-3 zone to finish up. Coke nearly loses it. Now he'll call Jordan to come out. Now Jordan has to start his dribble. 10 seconds. Throws it up to Coke. Coke back to Jordan. 
Jordan. Jordan on Luba, step back, three. Goes off left side and out of bounds. That will do it for the first. A 7-0 run broke a 5-all tie. Then a 5-0 run by Antietam coming out of their timeout. Has it just a two-point advantage for the Saints going into the second. 12-10 when we return here on the Saints Sports Network. The arena's been shut. The ice has been melted. The stands have been empty. empty. But a new day has dawned. The lights are back on. The ice is frozen. The boys are back. It's time to get back to hockey. Your Running Royals and the ECHL are back at Santander Arena. Get your tickets now. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. It's the Saints Sports Network. Two-point advantage for Burks Catholic is, sorry, Mike and I trying to figure out exactly who has fouls. We only had one foul for Burks Catholic, and somehow they have two. So Tyler Givens, I believe, was called for a personal. His number stays up on the board. Tiburcio going up, trying again for a tough bucket. Good defense by Sands, ends up corralling the board. You look at the scoring in the first quarter here, Ryan, four different guys for the Saints scored two for Antietam, and, and the Montero had two free throws. So all the points from the field came from Tiburcio. And a foul. They're going to say it's, I believe, on the floor. It's going to be against McCoy. And that will be the team's third. So he joins Hollis and Tiburcio with fouls. They'll throw it up to Givens. Givens collects the airmail. Nice screen for Coke and Coke barrels in over Tiburcio, called for the offensive foul. And that was a good call there. Tiburcio was certainly set, both feet flat in the ground, and Sands went right through him. Looks like he hurt his left shoulder a little bit here too. Yeah, he was waiting for that one. Parked himself on the left block and absorb the punishment. Antietam trying to get it to Tiburcio, driving to the lane. And they're going to say that he was touching the ball while out of bounds. It will belong to Burks Catholic. Joan Reyes Rodriguez entering the game. Reyes Rodriguez, a 5'6 freshman. And he looks freshman-ish. That is Absolutely. a baby face on number 21 right there. He also looks 5'6", if you can believe it. <laughs> Jordan finding a cutting Miller. Miller shrugs off the freshman and lays it in. Welcome to the game. Picking on him immediately, as most good teams will do. You said Archibald's the sixth man in, and now it looks like Reyes uh, Rodriguez is the seventh man in. Jordan Walb also in the game for the mounts. That one's going to roll out by Tiburcio. Sands another rebound. Miller 
Going one on three, pulls it out. Sands going across the lane to Givens. Well, well just nice like catch. that, now all five Burks Catholic starters have scored. It's Givens, his first bucket for two. The lead sits at six. Real nice job of Sands seeing him in the corner there, getting him slashed to the baseline basket. And now Rodriguez, Ray Rodriguez has trouble. Good look there. And well done there by Antietam, able to break out of pressure, bouncing across the lane to Dibercio, his fourth bucket of the game already. He's the only mount with a field goal in this one. Not the only one to score, but the only one to actually do it, not from the charity stripe, is Jordan, another tough bucket. Jordan initiating the contact, falls to the ground, no call, but still able to finish. Well, eat my words as Reyes Rodriguez now getting on the score sheet himself. Now sits at 18-14. And a three by Ryan Coke. Coke, a second three of the game. Give him six. Lead now sits at seven. Tied for its largest of the game for BC. A little bit of an update from West Lawn. The Bulldogs lead the Eagles 23-19 after Alex Kelsey just got a foul. Up Wilson trails. Wilson trails 23-19. Reyes Rodriguez unable to finish. And J.J. Jordan ends up Laying it off the backboard and nothing else. And a foul called on Miller. So Miller, that will be his second foul, and he'll likely need to. I imagine JJ will be coming out of the game here in a moment. A Lawler will take the place of Miller. Okay. Lawler, usually one of the first players off the bench. And Reinhardt would be the other one. I don't even have to look up, but I'm assuming that Reinhardt coming in for Givens. That would be correct. <laughs> Tale as old as time. First substitution off the bench, Aaron Reinhardt for Tyler Givens. Reyes Rodriguez has Jordan chasing him, crossing him up. And we're going to have a jump ball as J.J. Jordan came away with it. Still going to belong to Burks Catholic, but now they lose the possession arrow. Yeah, that was a quick tie-up call there, yeah, too. Absolutely. JG was out and running. He was at half court before the referee blew the whistle. Jordan walking it across midcourt. 21-14, Saints on top with we are halfway through the second quarter. Coke thinking NBA range three. Ends up giving it up to Jordan. Jordan driving in. Another tough bucket. Just forces his way down the lane against contact, puts it in, and Snip actually wants a foul. <laughs> and Tatum coach looking for a travel. Now at the other end, Tiburcio again. Second bucket of the quarter, fifth of the game. As he just keeps on rolling around along. I have him with 12. Jordan spinning in the lane and calling for the travel. Well, getting their wish, Antietam yelling for a travel on the last bucket by Jordan. And he gets called this time around. Let me tell you, the don't take this the wrong way, but Antietam with some freshman-looking freshmen. 
And all joking aside, Lubis is a junior, so. Reyes Rodriguez driving in, tied up by Jordan. And Jordan, his first personal. Ryan, the last game we did here at, at Berks Catholic, we thought the fouls really went against the opposing team. Tonight, I believe the home team is not getting a call. They're away. And uh, I think all three officials are now hearing from Snip Esterly. I think so. Not the same officials as the Berks Catholic girls game is. Why missing? Definitely on the short end of the stick there. They'll go down. Going up against Aaron Reinhardt. Reinhardt called for the personal. And that was a foul there. He got him right in the arm. That was, at least that one's a foul. That was legit. Muhlenberg currently leading Fleetwood by eight with 4.50 left in the second quarter. It's nice that all of Berks County has been spread out as it looks like the Reading Eagle is taking care of the Muhlenberg game. Good old Rich Scarcella. First one's good by Tiburcio. Second one also good. This Hollis is my first chance to see Tiburcio. He, he's a very good basketball player. Well, all the way around, plays good defense, runs the court, attacks the basket, and he's four for a three for three from the line right now. In other news, in the Reading game, which I'm sure that they're winning, but Daniel Alcantara scoring his thousandth point as Coke, that one too strong. So congratulations to Daniel. Reinhardt out on Hollis, trying to go down low. Got lucky there, but that one's going to rim out by Hollis. They were looking for, I believe, McCoy going all the way across the lane on the low block with the bounce pass. It was tipped, ended up in the hands of Hollis, but he's unable to finish. Five-point lead for Burks Catholic. About 2.15 to play here in the first half. Swinging around, Koch. Reinhardt takes a few dribbles, looking for Lawler, bounces past him, Coke corrals it. Miller dribbles in, pulls up from the right elbow, unable. Reinhardt grabs the rebound, but it's out of bounds. Belong to the mounts. Tiburcio back in after taking a breather. He'll send Wall back to the bench. Miller got too close to the basket. He's usually shooting behind the line, got in front of it, and just wasn't sure where he was. Like I said, Rich Scarcell, I believe, at the uh, Muhlenberg game. Paul Roberts at the Wilson game. Us here at this game. Turnaround jumper in the lane. No good by Lubis. Lawler running the break, pulls it back to Sands. Sands dribbles in, kicks to Reinhardt. Reinhardt sets, fires, got it. Aaron Reinhardt, the triple, his first bucket. The lead's back to eight. It's largest of the game for BC. Lubis. Swinging around, down low. We're going to have a travel call to McCoy. That's the call we've seen all year, and that spin dribble without the ball. Just now, they just call the travel and turn it over. If I can read Jerry's stripes here, I believe the fifth turnover for Antietam, matching five for Burks Catholic. Reinhardt thinking three, this time pulls it out. Koch now in the right corner, trying to get it to Lawler, intercepted by Tiburcio. 
Looking to go down, Aiden Sands strips it. McCoy, the ill-advised pass, up ahead to Coke, who lays it in on the fast break. Coke, his first bucket not from beyond the arc. He has eight. And the lead now sitting at 10. Driving in. We're going to have an offensive foul called on the mounts. Foul called on Lubas. I'm not quite sure what I was looking at there, but not sure if they were saying that he pushed off or I must have missed it. He got the elbows up on the shot. I have no idea. No clue, but a 10-point advantage for the Saints. Just a 30-second timeout, so we'll stay here. 33.5 seconds remaining, 28-18. As a 10-6 run for the Saints. And you got to think, if, if BC can score here late in the half, go up by 12, you know, that, that's going to be a huge dagger going into halftime for Antietam. So Antietam needs to stop. BC needs to run the clock as much as possible here, score late in the clock, and take it into halftime. 12-point lead. Speaking of halftime, Muhlenberg leading by 16 over Fleetwood. As Suarez has 14 for the Mules. Carnish has 14 for the Tigers, 14 to their 20. Berks Catholic will most certainly hold for one here. Snip Esterly yells out the number one from the bench. They'll cycle it around from right to left. Four seconds remaining. Coke just taking the three short, and that will do it. Like I said, a 10-6 run here. I say run, but a 10-point advantage either way for the Saints. Going into halftime, 28-18 at the break. More to come when we return here on the State Sports Network.
Don't throw away your favorite t-shirts just because you don't have room to store them. Make them into a memory quilt. Meg's Quilted Memories turns your old t-shirts into a quilt, one that you can cherish for a lifetime or give as a gift. These high-quality, fully customized t-shirt quilts are made right here in Reading. They're perfect to give or get for any occasion, including your favorite 2022 graduate. Meg's Quilted Memories, stitching together your life story. Visit them at MegsQuiltedMemories.com. Seasons Cafe in Flying Hills scratches your gourmet itch. Chef Joe Church has been serving Reading's culinary community for 35 years with delicacies like sea bass, Norwegian trout, galamad, and the house favorite, sautéed soft-shell crabs. Seasons has a TripAdvisor rating of 4.9 out of 5 and serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner Wednesday to Sunday with a Sunday brunch to live for. That's Seasons Cafe in the Flying Hills Center. Check us out on Facebook for hours of operation. The arena's been shut. The ice has been melted. The stands have been empty. empty. But a new day has dawned. The lights are back on. The ice is frozen. The boys are back. It's time to get back to hockey. Your Running Royals and the ECHL are back at Santander Arena. Get your tickets now. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Now let's get back to the game on the Saints Sports Network. 28-18 at the break. Burke's Catholic on top as we take a look at the stat sheet. And, well, we know who Burke's Catholic is going to come out and try to stop here in the second half. And uh, it would be Hector Tiburcio, the 6'2 senior, with 14 of the Mount's 18 points. Yeah, he was consistent. Again, he, he was an exciting player to watch the entire first half. Uh, did a lot of things for them. Uh, he's their leader on the court, but if BC has any chance of just stopping him in the second half, uh, Antietam may score five points. Yeah, most certainly. He has 14, Montero with two, and Reyes uh, Rodriguez, the only other Antietam player to actually uh, find the bottom of the net shooting the basketball, not from the charity stripe, as he has two points as well. And for Burks Catholic, again, we talked about a well-balanced effort, and that it is, as all five starters have at least one bucket. Aaron Reinhardt with one off the bench. Kevin Lawler is the only one who hasn't gotten into the scoring party yet. But J.J. Jordan with eight, Ryan Cook with eight, Jack Miller with five, Givens and Sands both with two, and then, like I said, Aaron Reinhardt with a right corner three for the Saints as well, leading to, to their 28 points. Yeah, and the one thing we talked about, the fact that the Saints do score across the board with their team. Uh, they do a nice job of distributing the ball and distributing the scoring. Again, I'd like to see Aiden Sands score more points consistently throughout the quarters. Um, two points in the first quarter and, and then pretty much non-existent offensively uh, there in the second quarter. You know, we saw um, when uh, Ryan Cook took that shot to, to the arm, he was holding that left arm pretty much the whole first half. Now sitting at halftime for 10 minutes, that arm's going to hurt a lot more if there's anything to it. So we'll see what we get out of, uh, out of um, Ryan Koch here in the uh, second half with that arm. Yeah, talking about Aiden Sands, he has the tendency to, to kind of do this throughout the season, unfortunately, uh, that he'll go kind of hot and cold. Uh, when he's hot, he's hot. I mean, he can hit it from beyond the arc. Uh, there was a 
game not that long ago that he absolutely electrified the crowd with a putback dunk to end the third quarter. Uh, so he can certainly do a lot of things and do them extraordinarily well, but you know, finding the ability to actually do it consistently is another matter altogether. Uh, but certainly we'll look to get him going here in the second half, especially, like you said, if, if Coke actually did hurt his shoulder a little bit. Uh, we could be looking at Berks Catholic trying to distribute the basketball a little bit more throughout some of their other scorers. Yeah, and I think we talked about was a short bench of Antietam, but BC's only played seven kids today as well. Um, we haven't seen Christian Caccioni yet in the game, and so maybe we'll see him a little bit here in the second half as we hit the playoff time. Um, Parker Nine's been in and out of the lineup at, at spots uh, during the entire season. But, um, you know, it's been most of the starting five. They brought Lawler in, and we see Ryan on every game. You know, Reinhardt's going to come in, as you said, don't need to look up. We know he's coming out if he's coming in. And, uh, you know, he hits a, it's a right side jumper here for a three-point shot, which he has the ability to do and, and be in low and rebound. So, again, distribution of scoring, nice job by the Saints here in the first half. Like I said, six of the seven players for Burks Catholic entering the game are on the stat sheet in one form or another. Waller doesn't even have a foul to his credit, so. Yeah, you take a look at Antietam's stats line. You know, we talked about Josh McCoy. You know, he averages just under 16 points a game. You know, Joven Hollis averages uh, over eight. That's 24 points. If you take 12 more points for the first half, where would this game be? They're both scoreless here after the first half. Yeah, and Tiburcio about two off of his season average of 16.2 points per game. Like I said, doing a little bit of everything. Three of three at the stripe. He's hit five from the floor. So they'll look to, <coughs> excuse me, get a little bit more balance in their offense as Burks Catholic does have the tendency to shut down certain players. They did so in that game that we called against Exeter where Colin Payne was absolutely shut down as they keyed on him and kept him a complete non-factor in that one. Absolutely. And again, you know, as we said, there's a lot of athleticism on BC's side of the, the court here. You, Sands is a very good athlete with length. Cox is a very good athlete with length. Uh, Tyler Gillins, I said, he probably has more block shots than people realize. He blocks a lot of shots in the lane, 10, 12 footers, gets a hand on it, and creates that transition for JJ to get out on the open floor. Um, a, a lot of athleticism here for BC. And again, I'd like to see them maybe put the clamps here on Hector uh, Tiburcio here in the second half. Can only wonder what could have been as the Mounts trailing by 10. Could have been a home game for him. Could have been facing Fleetwood, who currently trail Muhlenberg by 16 at halftime. Exeter leading Wilson 30 to 25. And uh, it's what could, it's, you know, obviously not just a six over three matchup, but more so who's doing the scoring for Exeter. Well, I think we saw Kachese had 13 at one point in the first half. He did. Um, you know, we talked about Kachese, where a lot of games we've seen of Exeter this year where they went to him early in the first quarter, and then we didn't see him go to the low post the rest of the game. So that's interesting to see his 13 points in the first half. But again, consistency. Will you score in the third and fourth as the game gets tighter and a little more pressure in the game? So as it would stand at halftime then, Exeter would face Burks Catholic on Wednesday evening if the scores would hold. Not that they will, but they could. Uh, the two scores that almost certainly will hold would be Redding facing Muhlenberg. Redding on top, 48-24 at the break. Again, Muhlenberg up by 16 as well over Fleetwood. 
Second half underway. See how the mountains come out as Montero driving, trying the reverse layup, unable to finish. Jordan grabs the board behind his back, drops it off to Sands. Sands unable to finish. His putback is good. We talk about getting Aiden Sands, and this time it's him running the floor. Getting his own rebound, putting it back. Yeah, nice job by Sands there. Little pull-up jumper by Hollis, no good. Sands again the board. Again, I believe Tyler's, uh, Aiden Sands has the ability to take over a game if he wants to. Sands that time driving in, ends up coughing it up. I think they got a tear on a foul there. It's going to be on the floor. It's Montero called for the personal. Gets a down low to Givens. Easy bucket right off the restart. Yeah, nice little play coming off the inbound pass. Uh, left side of the, the uh, backboard baseline. Coke stripping it from Tiburcio. Coke going in. He's jumped. As in jump ball. It's going to stay with the Saints. Tied up en route. And talking about games that are almost certainly in their final stages, Muhlenberg now leading Fleetwood 50-27 to 27 in the third quarter. Yeah, well, we knew that was probably going to be the situation there. Muhlenberg's getting poised for that semifinal matchup against Reading High, most likely. But again, if you're Antietam, taking a look at that one and being like, you know, could have been us. Could have been us. Now That's they're down by 14 for. here. As a three launch from the left corner, they'll trim that lead a little bit. McCoy, his first bucket, and it comes from the left corner. You know, it's interesting watching Coach Esther on the sideline. We've seen some of his former players coaching here in Berks County. We talk about extra Matt Ashcroft, very much like Snip on the court, up yelling and stuff like that. I look over at uh, Mike Green, who's just sitting on the bench the entire game. Green's a 1988 graduate of Central Catholic, played for Esterly there as well. Well, obviously they didn't have the uh, message we thought they were going to have at halftime. Don't let Tiburcio shoot the ball as he hits a three here and moves it to an eight-point game. Well, and there he did. It's a 6-0 run here by Antietam as they go back to Sands. Sands off back iron on the little turnaround floater. And running the break. Well done there by McCoy. We're going to get a timeout. Yep, here we go. We're gonna That's get a absolutely going to be a timeout. Well taken here by Snip. And a quick timeout here for the Saints to try to regroup. 32-26, they're still on top with 5.42 remaining. We'll be right back here on the Saints Sports Network. Don't throw away your favorite t-shirts just because you don't have room to store them. Make them into a memory quilt. Meg's Quilted Memories turns your old t-shirts into a quilt, one that you can cherish for a lifetime or give as a gift. These high-quality, fully-customized t-shirt quilts are made right here in Reading. They're perfect to give or get for any occasion, including your favorite 2022 graduate. Meg's Quilted Memories, stitching together your life story. Visit them at MegsQuiltedMemories.com. Six-point lead for Burke's Catholic. Back at it here in good old Reading, PA. BC will cycle it right to left. Now left to right. Sands 
Gibbons in the right corner looking for help. Finds it in Jordan. Jordan grabs it, spins, drives, kicks. Now Coke driving in with the left hand. Coke. It was a decent look, but unable to finish. Tiburcio to the left corner. Mounsel swinging around. Three on the way by Lubis. That one's no good. I'm not sure how he can see with the hair in his eyes. We got a foul come here. Referee lost his whistle. He did. McCoy going to be called for the personal. That'll be his second. Comes with 4.57 to play in the third. Yeah, Lubis's hair is down in his eyes the whole time. He has to shake his head to see. They do make these things called headbands. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. My four-year-old has. So kind of surprising that a uh, junior playing basketball might not have heard of said things. Sands driving left. Puts up the finger roll. Uncontested going to the cup. As Aiden Sands now with 6-4 here in the third. Just an athletic play there. Rise above everyone else and just finger roll right in. It was like the... Red Sea parted and just, they're just like, all right, yeah, we're just going to let this happen. As a foul on Jordan upcoming. For JJ, that'll be his second. That'll be the team's first of the half. About halfway through as Wald will check back in. Or sorry, it's Noah Archambault. We have two number 11s marked in there as varsity players. Exeter still leading Wilson by three. Cam Jones still hasn't scored for the Bulldogs. And you have to imagine that's why they're down by three. Driving in. Well done by McCoy. McCoy heating up as he now has seven in the stanza. J.J. Jordan called for the personal. Not sure about that one. I thought that was a little late of a step in there and called the, the charge. Well, Archambo pretty much just standing there. I think Jordan driving in, tried to slam on the brakes because he knew what was coming down and couldn't avoid it. Like a slow-moving collision. Tripped up in the lane was Hollis. And we're going to have a, another quick whistle. Goodness. Yeah, I thought that was travel. more of a travel Hollis on Hollis. Hollis takes the ball to the ground after contact with uh, Jack Miller, but I don't remember Jack Miller holding the ball long enough to have a jump ball call there. I would not have called that possession for Jack Miller. But again, no harm, no foul as Antietam keeps it. The only thing that they lose is... Oh, almost the basketball there. The only thing they lose is the possession arrow. McCoy trying to break down Coke. Leaves it for Tiburcio, another three. He's got 20. And he trims that lead down to three right in half with 3.10 left to play in the third. It's a lot of threes. Actually just jumped over and said, hey, get Reinhardt in the game, let's go. Archambault going to be called for the personal here. Miller will take it just to the left of head coach, Snip Esterly. And right in front of the St. Bernard sitting in the Berks Catholic student section. Saints had six guys in the court there. They're going to let it go. 
Givens doesn't know when Meinhardt comes in, he's out. <laughs> There's only been, I think, one game where that was not the case. And it was a uh, when J.J. Jordan was in foul trouble as he tries going up with the reverse. Ends up drawing contact on Hollis. Called for his second personal. To the stripe goes Jordan. And can you believe it or not, the first trip to the foul line for Burks Catholic here tonight. Exeter now leading by five with 2.13 remaining as Jordan misses the first. 2.13 left in the third quarter. Colin Payne now with 14 for the Eagles. As he's heating up here in the second half, it looks like. Second is good by Jordan. He now has nine. You know, we Leads said last week going back to Exeter, if Colin Payne get a couple days rest to get healthy, who knows what will happen. You know, he was banged up most of the season. Maybe a couple off days helped him. So believe it or not, that was a 13-2 run for Antietam. I guess technically it's still standing at 13-3. As the lead did hit 14 here in the third, now sitting at four. That one stolen away from Archibald. Coke. Into the corner for Sands. Sands trapped down low to Reinhardt. Nice give and go. Left-handed layup by Sands is in. Sands now with eight, six in the quarter. And really nice job of Sands being very athletic going to the basket. Um, as we see another guy go right to the basket with uh, Tiburcio there scoring his, what, 22 points now? 22nd, eight in the quarter, and that's just what you would call bully ball. He just does what he wants. Another bucket for him, his first from inside the arc, thankfully. Jack Miller, spot up three is good. Jack Miller, like I said, he doesn't shoot all that often, but when he does, it's straight up fire. He's the EF Hutton of shooting. People listen when he speaks about shooting. There's another <laughs> one for you, Jerry, huh? Oh, Jerry liked that one. But he is about as automatic as it gets from spot up three. And a turnover by Antietam is stepping over the end line was Lubus. Montero will re-enter, taking the place of Archambeau. BC trying to weather the storm here. Saw their lead down to four after hitting 14. Now sits at seven with 1.15 left in the, in the third quarter. Everybody makes a run. Just whether you can weather it or not. And in this case, Aiden Sands. The soft touch gets it to roll. Aiden Sands. Oh, it's like he heard you, Mike. <laughs> well, we talked about starting, uh, putting the clamps on number 32 here, Hector uh, Tiburcio. That hasn't happened yet, though. Drop it off. That one. Swatted away by Sands. He's come here alive go. here, and here we go. Bang! With the jam. Showboating down the court. He now has a dozen. Ten in the quarter. And the lead's back to 11. And a travel called on Hollis. Boy, you think Coach Green should be calling a timeout at some point in time, but I think he just wants to let it roll with 25 seconds left. Yeah, but by know. that time, it might not be We talked about too late. week. It's be too late to take the time out. They're just running away from you now. 
thought that last game too that we called here that you're just watching the leads, you know, just expand. And in this case, you know, 10 point it up lead by at seven. half, 11 right now, a buck here's 13, and, and it's a great third quarter for you. Jordan kicking it out wide, three on the way, that one's short. This place was ready to erupt in that student section, but that will do it. 44-33 at the end of three. Berks Catholic on a 10-2 run to finish off the quarter and weathering that 13-2 run by the Mounts. But an 11-point lead going into the fourth for the Saints when we return here on the Saints Sports Network. The arena's been shut. The ice has been melted. The stands have been empty. But a new day has dawned. The lights are back on. The ice is frozen. The boys are back. It's time to get back to hockey. Your Ruddy Royals and the ECHL are back at Santander Arena. Get your tickets now. We'll sell you the whole seat but you'll only need the edge. And now back to the game on the Saints Sports Network. Exeter still leading Wilson 43-35 after the third. 19 for Payne, seven in that quarter. Harding, Cleveland Harding with 14 for the Bulldogs. The freshman leading the way for Wilson. Cam Jones probably still scoreless considering that uh, Paul Roberts hasn't said jack about it. Cleveland Harding is his name, named after two presidents. I, I think that his parents are big fans of 1800s presidents. The late great, well, they chucked that one away. I was trying to say the late great Warren G. Harding. Was Warren G. on the halftime show yesterday? I didn't see that, I didn't see it. <laughs> no, but uh, 50 Cent. Hanging in there, apparently. Well done, Ryan. Well done. They said that he's uh, now 67 cent with inflation. A two-pointer. Stepping on the line was McCoy. Good job by the officials there to make sure they both got it for two because he stepped right on that line. And he did get it right. I saw the exact same thing. Coke driving in. He's going to have a free lane to the basket. Ryan Cook driving in with the left. That's his first bucket of the entire second half. He now has 10. Driving in, Ken. The control from Tiburcio, unable to finish. But driving in, spinning in, able to get off a tough shot. But unable to finish. Snip Esterly yelling at the birthday boy to move the ball. Now every time he's touching it, he's going to bark at him. Sands trying to drive in. A foul called on Hollis. One of the most entertaining parts of watching a Burks Catholic game is actually watching Coach Esterly go to work. I enjoy when he yells at Jason Linderman on the bench. 
And Jason just sits there. When they had the mask, it was a little more discreet. Now it's not nearly as discreet. Yeah, not so much. Mask off. It feels like when uh, Snip doesn't want to yell at one of the players, he just turns to one of the coaches instead and yells at him. As Aiden Sand staying hot. Three from the right corner in front of his own bench. Terrific second half here for Aiden Sands tonight. 15. And that's what we talked about. Just be consistent in your scoring, and it just does wonders for this team. I mean, you look at what my stat sheet looks like. It's an awful lot of blank space and an awful lot just filled in in Aiden Sands' row. As Hollis unable to finish. Tiburcio, I believe, fouled going up. Muhlenberg leading Fleetwood by 24. Suarez with 22 points and seven blocks, looking for one of the weirdest double-doubles that you'll see. And Antietam will take a timeout, as will we. 49-35 with 6.02 left in this one. Get it rolling, Jerry. 14-point lead for the Saints when we return on the Saints Sports Network. Don't throw away your favorite t-shirts just because you don't have room to store them. Make them into a memory quilt. Meg's Quilted Memories turns your old t-shirts into a quilt, one that you can cherish for a lifetime or give as a gift. These high-quality, fully customized t-shirt quilts are made right here in Reading. They're perfect to give or get for any occasion, including your favorite 2022 graduate. Meg's Quilted Memories, stitching together your life story. Visit them at MegsQuiltedMemories.com. Now back to the game on the Saints Sports Network. Well, you might not hear from Mike. He just pulled up the uh, Wilson-Exeter game. So if he goes radio silent for the remaining 6.02 here, I'm just trying to exactly scout our next why. opponent. Kevin Lawler and Aaron Reinhardt checking in. And we talked about, you know, Antietam. McCoy's really stepped up the second half. But Joven Hollis, no points at this point. And nothing for Hollis. Everything for, for this McCoy. young man, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, he has Reinhardt on him, now switching to Sands. His three right in Sands' face, no good. Reinhardt throws it out of bounds. And some friendly uh, home scoreboard clock operating there as a few more seconds tick off. <laughs> I think I'm the only one in the building who noticed. You and the clock operator. That was a solid four seconds that they took off the clock there. I was like, wait a second, we all have a running clock. Didn't tack it back on either. They just let that those four seconds stay off. They'll move it around. Lubus working on Lawler. I'm not sure if Lubus is left-handed or right-handed yet. <laughs> I can't tell if he's heard of a hairband either. Right-handed floater. Like I said, Tiburcio just doing what he wants. His first bucket of the fourth. Turns the lead down to 12. I'll say this, they talk about small school matter. If that kid doesn't have some votes for all county, there's a big problem. Absolutely should. Averaging 16 points a game, and he's done more than that here tonight. Archambault will check back in. The 6'1 senior taking the place of Montero. Sorry, 6'1 junior taking the place of the 6'1 senior. 
Lawler trying to get it in the Coke. Coke going right after the newly entered Archambault. Cachese now with 19, a new career high as Exeter leading the Bulldogs by eight. Six. All right, not all of us are watching that game on YouTube as Ryan Koch with the finger roll. That's his fourth for the quarter. Now with a dozen. Three by Archimbo is no good. Sands bowls over Hollis. Gets it ahead to Miller. Miller and one. Yes, sir. Going up against Lubus. I thought he was going to dump it off. He had two trailers behind, but he thought, nah, I think I can take this guy to the hole. I could do it myself. Ten points for Miller looking for 11. Looking to match his jersey number here is Jordan looking to re-enter. Will likely take the place of Lawler. Jack, one of the better free throw shooters in the county. I'd be surprised if he doesn't close this and one. And he does. Make it 11 for Miller. Now the third Burks Catholic player in double figures. Jordan just one shy. We haven't seen JJ really attack the basket much today either. Not in the second half. Certainly not. Did a little bit more so in the first half as Coach, Coach Green will take a full timeout. Down by 17 with 4.22 left. 54-37 when we come back to finish this one off here on the Saints Sports Network. You think it's over now. You think we'll go away, but we keep coming up. Seasons Cafe in Flying Hills scratches your gourmet itch. Chef Joe Church has been serving Redding's culinary community for 35 years with delicacies like sea bass, Norwegian trout, galamad, and the house favorite, sautéed soft-shell crabs. Seasons has a TripAdvisor rating of 4.9 out of 5 and serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner Wednesday to Sunday with a Sunday brunch to live for. That's Seasons Cafe in the Flying Hills Center. Check us out on Facebook for hours of operation. Well, this one seems to be in hand. Of course, we have thought that with previous games, too. We've come in for a bumpy landing, but certainly not the Wilson Exeter game as Wilson on top 50 to 40, or sorry, Wilson trailing 50 to 46 with 244 left in that one. But this one, as of right now, in hand for BC. We'll advance to play the winner of that Wilson Exeter game. Reading and Muhlenberg destined to rematch here in the semifinal on Wednesday as Jordan picking the pocket of Lubis. Going up. Got it. And there's his double digits right there. And there's double digits. Now four Burks Catholic players in double digits. So Jordan, his first bucket of the second half. Miller will take the place of Coke. Jordan, one of two. Snip giving guys early nights off here. 4.13 to go. Just took Cuck out of the game. Up by 19. Shook his hand, so maybe we're done seeing uh, Ryan for the rest of the night. Ugh. Might be as Jordan. Boy, oh boy. 
And you get into districts, you really want that short up as a three launched by McCoy. McCoy coming alive here. His fifth point of the quarter, 12th of the half, 12th of the game. J.J. Jordan skying in another two. What were you saying about Jordan not being aggressive? Just going to say the same thing. Well, so much curse. not going to the basket. Well, I'm glad. I hope I curse them all. Sands has 13 <laughs> points his half, which I, maybe I cursed him as well. Hey, Who thankfully. else haven't you cursed yet? Well, I wanted to see Aaron Gibbons. Reinhardt only has three points. I'd see, really like to see him get going. I wanted to see Gibbons get his double digits. He had six. <laughs> they took him out. I don't think we'll see him again. But we will see uh, Cook again. And just a short break here as Lawler called for the personal. Hollis looking for his first points of the evening. There's number one. For Hantina to be competitive in this game, he had a score long before now. It's just a little too little, a little too late. So Lawler exits the game. So Lawler checks out. Coke back in. Leads at 17. I told you I was surprised to see, you know, Cuck leaving the game at 4-something to go, 4-13. That one no good. Sands the board. It's stripped away, but Jordan will corral it. Now they're jumping all over the place, double digits. And let me tell you, you were playing at the uh, Division Three level. That would have been a flop warning there on Antietam. <laughs> Anticipating falling over, did Montero. NBA three by Reyes Rodriguez. Absolutely his second bucket for five. And Antietam will take another timeout. Well, you can't go home with them, so you may as well use them. 3.02 remaining in this one. 16-point lead for the Saints when we return on the Saints Sports Network. Don't throw away your favorite t-shirts just because you don't have room to store them. Make them into a memory quilt. Meg's Quilted Memories turns your old t-shirts into a quilt, one that you can cherish for a lifetime or give as a gift. These high-quality, fully customized t-shirt quilts are made right here in Reading. They're perfect to give or get for any occasion, including your favorite 2022 graduate. Meg's Quilted Memories, stitching together your life story. Visit them at MegsQuiltedMemories.com. Now let's get back to the game on the Saints Sports Network. Sorry, Mike, would you like to say that on the air? <laughs> I think there are some people who, who are so high and mighty, they think they control everything. They don't let organizations in to, to uh, cover the games, and then they lose the games and get knocked out of the playoffs. I think it's karma. Are you trying to say that Exeter usually loses when we call games on the uh, on the Exeter Sports Network? No. Are you saying <laughs> that Exeter won? No, I'm not saying that. Not yet. Relax. Okay. Still a minute 20. Still a minute 20 to go. The curse. Caccioni checking in for his first minutes. Sands trying to go down low to Cook. Has it tipped it. away. Ends up playing safety. Nearly tips it away from Archambeau. Coach Green wants him to get moving. Sands. I believe he's called for the personal. And, well, call me Ray Charles because I didn't see it. Uh, I was closer than you. I didn't see it either. And, and 
the whole two feet that you're closer. And Sands will, I guess he must have blood on his jersey. So they're making him check out. Kachese just scored again with a minute to go in Exeter. 50 to, at, at Wilson, 52-46 the Eagles. Career high 21 possibly. McCoy hits the first. So it's looking like an Exeter BC game, but under a minute to go. Exeter breaking away there. Fouled in route, so they'll be able to add to the lead. As McCoy adding to his personal total. And J.J. Jordan called for the offensive foul. Well, and thankfully for J.J. Jordan, Snip isn't mad at him. He's mad at the referees. I don't think that was a bad call, though. Okay, well, now he's yelling at Jordan. Yeah, I so. think the, the, the defender was stationed right there. <laughs> he got himself stuck coming across half court and spin dribbles with it into the defender. I, I think Snip is upset with him right now. Uh, yep, and, absolutely. And Lawler's coming back in the game just to emphasize that point, possibly. Yeah. Well, a full timeout taken here. Jerry doesn't seem in a rush to get to a commercial, so we don't have to go to a commercial. We can just say thank you to Penn State Health St. Joseph. All right, get to it, Jerry. 234, we're up by 14 on the St. Sports Network. The arena's been shut. The ice has been melted. The stands have been empty. empty. But a new day has dawned. The lights are back on. The ice is frozen. The boys are back. It's time to get back to hockey. Your Ruddy Royals and the ECHL are back at Santander Arena. Get your tickets now. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Back in this one, three ball put up by Reyes Rodriguez is airballed off to the left. Again, we talk about what Burks Catholic needed to do here in the second half. And I mean, Tiburcio really just two points here in the fourth. May have taken a little bit longer than anticipated, but they're doing it and all the better for it. And again, Aiden Sands came alive here in the second half and did a really nice job. You know, being aggressive, being athletic to the basket. And uh, really, I think he changed this game. Absolutely. And Sands there it is again. driving in with the left hand. Found by Koch, streaking to the hoop. Sands, 17 this half, right? 17 this half. He's got seven here just in the fourth. As Reyes Rodriguez going up. And they're not going to say any foul call there as he flips that one up. Darn near off the exit sign. Lawler will be replaced by Givens. Back to the starting five for BC. So a chance to get the double digit to get Givens the ball. There you go. Needs two buckets here in the last minute, 44. Sands fouled as McCoy will be called for his third. And that is the team's eight, so no fouls to give. Antietam just hacking and Hoping for the best here at 101. Hollis will re-enter, and he will take the place of Montero. 
So one upcoming, possibly more for Sands, his first trip to the stripe tonight. As this one seems to be in hand for Exeter as I believe that is a 61-55. I don't know. That one missed by Sands. That's a walk. Driving in, hanging in the air, and getting two more is Tiburcio. First Catholic still not done yet is Sands. They go inside to Coke. That one's going to rattle in. Coke, nothing in the third quarter. Six in the fourth for his 14. Three from the left corner, no good by McCoy. Miller running the floor over to Sands. Sands another two. Sands coming alive here in the second half. Just a nice job of BC guys running the court there on the rebound. That one going to roll out by Tiburcio. Polishing that one off is McCoy. And another foul here as Miller will go to the stripe for one. Arsene Chambeau called for his second and team's ninth. So the next one will put the Saints in the double bonus. Not that it matters. 46.2 remaining, a 16-point lead. Burks Catholic, pretty sure that we could say this one's in hand. Wilson and Exeter still walking the length of the court. That's going to be a very long 10.7 seconds. Miller, surprising miss there. Let the record show I did not say anything before he shot did that not. free throw. McCoy going up against Sands. He'll sky in for two. I'll get it to Jordan. Jordan will run right past McCoy and BC. We'll hope to dribble it out. Antietam's not going to let him as McCoy tries to <laughs> rip it away from Jordan. Jordan just goes into the corner in front of the Gatorade coolers. May as well just pull up a chair. Ten seconds left. And the white flag being waved. A 14-point victory for Burks Catholic as they will move into the semifinals of the BCI AA's. And Exeter. Will be coming here as they upset the Bulldogs on the road. So Exeter and Burks Catholic right here on Wednesday night. Emily at the arena. I won't be there for that one, so it doesn't really matter to me. But Jerry will, Mike will. 66-52, your final. We'll be back to recap this one when we come back on the Saints Sports Network.
Don't throw away your favorite t-shirts just because you don't have room to store them. Make them into a memory quilt. Meg's Quilted Memories turns your old t-shirts into a quilt, one that you can cherish for a lifetime or give as a gift. These high-quality, fully-customized t-shirt quilts are made right here in Reading. They're perfect to give or get for any occasion, including your favorite 2022 graduate. Meg's Quilted Memories, stitching together your life story. Visit them at MegsQuiltedMemories.com. Now let's get back to the game on the Saints Sports Network. 66-52, complete opposite of the... Uh, other game that we called here the other night where they left the scoreboard on what seemed like all night. They cleared it off this time around. Somebody has a hot date to get to. Valentine's Day. It is Valentine's Day. I did the nice, I got my I got my wife and daughter this big gigantic card that's as tall as my daughter is and some flowers. I this post game brought to you by Lidl. Lidl, you can find them in Sinking Spring. $10 roses today. You have already paid for it. This is not doing you any good. I got my wife a uh, sweetheart happy Valentine's Day. That, that was it. That was the whole gift right yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it was more for my daughter. My good wife's like, you. Hey, you don't have to do anything for me. I'm good like, for yeah, you. I wish yeah. it the card was made out to both of them. Mike, I wish I had a whip sound effect. Well, I didn't spend any money on her, unfortunately. Uh, so, you know, I can work to here. So, I spent you know. $17 on flowers and a card, thanks to our post-game sponsor, Lidl. You can find them on Route 422 in Sinking Spring. Jerry doesn't believe in, in <laughs> Valentine's Day as a, as a holiday, and certainly not a national holiday. I agree with that. So, you know, I'm sure he bought nothing today as well. That is correct. <laughs> Sweetheart. That is correct. Antietam falling in this one by 14. Not by lack of effort from Hector Tiburcio. His last Burks game. And he goes out in fashion with 26. And we talked about how Josh McCoy hadn't done anything in the first half. Held scoreless. Uh, 18 in the second half. And unfortunately, it still didn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. But... Tabrosio was better than advertised. I'll tell you that right now. I enjoyed oh, watching yeah. him play tonight. Absolutely. Um, obviously, he just ran up against a much better uh, Saints team that played much better in the second half. Uh, and, again, I, I, you look at this game, and, and it comes down, I think, Aiden Sands just coming out. And what do you have, 10 in the third quarter with the, uh, five field goals? Um, and I think that was a huge difference in the game here. Just opened up that 10-point spread and never came close again. 10 in the third, 9 in the fourth, 19 in the second half. And... Uh, I, I swear to God, he must have heard you because you asked for Aiden Sands to come alive, and come alive he did. 21 in the game, just two in the first, 19 in the second half. But, again, really, Burks Catholic spreading the ball around. Very hard to argue with the effort here tonight as four Saints end up in double digits. 21 for Sands, 14 for Coke, 13 for the birthday boy, J.J. Jordan. And 11 for Jack Miller, uh, Gibbons with four, and Reinhardt with three to round out the scoring for the Saints. Yeah, well-rounded game for the Saints. And again, they're going to be, you know, the, the favorite going into that semifinals game against the Eagles, a team they've already beaten twice this year. Um, so both teams know each other very well. Obviously, Matt Ashcroft, the head coach of Exeter, uh, not only played for Coach Ashley, but coached on this BC staff as well. And so uh, neither team has anything to hide from the other team. 
Uh, we'll come out and we'll see, you know, what happens with Colin Payne scoring and, you know, who picks up the slack here at BC. And I think we'll see a little more on JJ on Wednesday night, actually. I know, talking with Coach Ashcroft, he felt confident about his chances here at, at Wilson. <laughs> and uh, rightfully so, apparently. Well, you know, interestingly enough, if, if you recall, um, Coldren, Matt Coldren, the head coach of Wilson, got thrown out of the last game. So he was not able to coach this evening in this first round game. Now, I'm not saying that's what caused, you know, a, a six, eight point loss, but, you know, Matt Coulter's done it for many years, he's won many big games. He's not on the bench to, to, to lead his team as the coach, and it's a game they lose at home to a team who they handily beat just two weeks ago. Mike, let, let me uh, refresh your memory. Football season, Wilson Exeter. I remember that game, I called that game with Mike. You were there. It wasn't Darren. That's right. Darren was at uh, yeah, no, I, some I, island. I called the Exeter game. I had to walk about five miles to get to the stadium. I parked somewhere over by Apollo Pools. You you parked at my house in <laughs> Farming Ridge. <laughs> I parked over at Chick-fil-A and walked in. <laughs> your skin is a machine. Your car was in line all that whole time, though. You still didn't get waited on by the time the game was over. No, listen, I am an absolute pro when it comes to Chick-fil-A. You order ahead. You order on the app, and you go in and pick up your food, and you walk past all the peasants sitting in line in their cars, freezing their tails off, waiting for food. you hear that, food. peasants? I refuse to, to name any business that's not a sponsor of Jerry <laughs> Gelloff Media. So I just do so in hopes that they will uh, listen to the podcast and eventually sponsor us. This kid's a machine. Yeah, absolutely. I like to consider Lidl a friend of the pod. <laughs> Same with uh, Roosevelt's with the uh, nice Big Lebowski Kunuflex shirt that I'm wearing here tonight. See, that one I'm down with. Okay. I'm you didn't say anything fan. about it, so I, I, I was I curious if you even uh, took didn't notice. Even look. Yeah, you know, it's... Didn't even look, dude. It's the dude. <laughs> you know, or the dude or duder or El his Duderino. or El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. <laughs> So, Jerry, what is our schedule going forward here on Sane Sports Network uh, and Extra Sports Network now, I Wednesday guess? Wednesday night, we are at Santander. And that if will not If the Saints me. beat Exeter, we will be there Friday night again. Well, wouldn't we be there regardless who wins since they're both our networks? Oh, that's true. That would be true. Wow. How about that? Yeah. So we're guaranteed Friday night, 8 o'clock, right here. That's right. On Hi, one see, of the sports networks. See, Ryan has me so confused with all of these free sponsorship things <laughs> that I can't keep track of what's going on. That halftime show brought to you by Popeyes. <laughs> I've done it twice now. I've never eaten there yet, so. It's, it's fine, honestly. I hype it up for no reason other than to rib Jerry. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I'm being Gary, do you want to hand him the microphone? Here. So, here you go. There you go. Here we Again. go. We're on air. We can. Well, we're on air, but that's okay. I'm here to help. I'm a community server. That's how I look at it. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were a football coach. I'm the elected official <laughs> that, here. That, that serves that's the community right. as well, though. So. I, I literally am the community server. Hence why I'll be missing the, uh, the girls' game tomorrow. You know, community service calls. Yes, right. Doing the... Uh, Doing the, the borough council thing. And those are my Tuesday nights. Good for you. It's good for me. I try to stay out of politics. 
Yeah, we found that out. <laughs> Mike and I have these deep philosophical Yeah, I was uh, there for one of those. Conversations. And, then I, and then I made sure to leave early. You went home six hours before that, that conversation <laughs> ended, I think. <laughs> yeah, and I left at like midnight, so you're there until the wee morning hours so talking about school board. Well, the problem is that Mike is just always wrong. See, I, and I have no he knows with sports. That. Knows wrestling, knows football, maybe a little, little Good bit of basketball. God. Good God, is he ever? Yeah. yeah. I know zero about politics, other than I'm not afraid to pay my taxes. That's all I know. Well, that that's makes not two politics. Of us. That's subservience. Oh, here we go. Well, that that makes two of us. The libertarian would not agree. <laughs> I am a man of the people, and I want to. Oh, we're the 6 o'clock game on Wednesday. Sorry, that's a terrible segue. But BCIAA did update in the Twitter sphere via Gipper Media Incorporated. What in the world? Whatever. Redding and Muhlenberg uh, apparently will follow the Burks Catholic and Exeter game. And once again, 6 p.m. So Mike will have that call on Wednesday. And regardless of who wins, 8 o'clock. On Friday, either Burks Catholic or Exeter taking on the victor of Reading and Muhlenberg. Either. Either. We're there. Either. Either. Or. That's correct. But Wednesday night, we'll bring that to you. And Jerry says that we're a go for district playoffs, too. Yeah. Yeah, we're set. 50 bucks a game. Yep. Well we worth it. We can pay that. Well worth it. All I have to do is get Popeyes to fork over some money for it. Hey, man. Well, uh, friends of the pod is what they are. See, this is what he was doing. He was he was trying to get the money for that. That's right. They're friends of the pod. I give money to them. They give money back. That's all I'm hoping for. So far, I think we've given more to them than you've, they've given to us. <laughs> just saying. Just Listen, just it's, that out there. the dollar value is under $20 I understand so you got to spend money to get money. I, I completely understand that premise. but It's under $20 so far. So I feel comfortable, you know, making that transaction. Is that a tax write-off? Is that how you use that? Or? Uh, in this case, it actually is because so it's a meal it while I am so. working as a 1099 employee. So You better believe it is. That is absolutely. And so you guys know, we have a company policy about haircuts. They have to be a certain length. So haircuts are deductible. Fact. I should shave my face, though. It's starting to look like the Yankees. We have policies? <laughs> we have a policy I want to see manual. the employee handbook. <laughs> you want to see it? I mean, okay. honest to God, all, I'm trying, with to, me. all I'm trying to do right now is out-talk Bob McCool. And <laughs> so far, I think he's going to end up beating us. Yeah, yeah. I think he should. <laughs> I think he should, too. So, that being said, Wednesday night, Michael bring you the Exeter and Burks Catholic game to be held at the Santander Arena in beautiful downtown Reading. Mike and Darren. Mike and Darren on Wednesday night. And then Friday, who knows what could happen. Who's it going to be? Who knows? Burks Catholic took the first contest. And the second. And the second. (laughs) But Exeter. Who's counting at this point? But Exeter with the big upset, making up for that horrible football game. That they also won. So, (laughs) (laughs) regardless, Wednesday night. So, thank you, everyone, for joining us here. Thank you again to Jerry for putting it together. As always, thank you to all of our sponsors. We'll ramble on here. 
midweek contest between Berks Catholic and Exeter right here on the Saint Sports Network. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us for this presentation of Burks Catholic BCI AA Playoff Basketball on the Saint Sports Network. Brought to you by Meg's Quilted Memories at MegsQuiltedMemories.com and the Reading Royals at RoyalsHockey.com. This has been a presentation of Jerry Gallup Mead. Good night.